Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Vets Entertaining. This week, we get to what many consider to be the best of the Star Wars movies. Do Alex and I feel it's the best, though? That's the journey that we'll have to go through and discuss. And like I said, joining me, of course, on this journey to The Force Awakens, Mr. Alex Duwehi. Alex, welcome back. Thanks, Nathan. Good to be back. But I, I do have to ask a question. Why are you glowing blue and you're like kind of there, kind of not? I'm glowing blue? Did you become one with the Force? I may have. I, I, oh, that's what I feel? It's everywhere. It's all around me. <laughs> it surrounds us. It surrounds us. It binds, binds us. <laughs> Between you and me and the <laughs> monitor and the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking about The Empire Strikes Back sooner than later, obviously, because that's going to be a big topic of discussion here. And to begin our discussions, though, the last time we talked was before Black Friday, before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, get anything entertaining on Thanksgiving Black Friday shopping? Um, we went out. Uh, we didn't do any doorbusters this year. We went out just in the afternoon in our leisure because a lot of the Black Friday deals carry not only through Friday but through the entire weekend as well. So mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to push people out of the way to get what I want. You don't need to go smack yeah, around. I, I, we get looked fist at, to cuffs. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> We looked online for some good deals and didn't really find anything worthwhile, but we did end up getting a pretty good washer and dryer set from Sears on Friday. So That is not Not entertaining. entertaining not even close to entertaining, <laughs> but it's what we needed. Was um, it, what brand was it? Was it it's, hopefully it's not Samsung. Kenmore. Okay. Well, I have issues with Samsung, which I, I, will, okay. I will have told you if that was the case, but no, it's okay. Oh, a Samsung washer and dryer? Does it sync up with my TV or my mobile phone? Can you control it from your, uh, is there an app or something? You know what? I'm not sure. On mine, you can't, but that's a missed opportunity if not. Right. Because the TV and the phone sync up right now. Right. You mm. could just throw some clothes in there and then start and then a... Let me know on the TV because, you know, it's a different room. Let me on the TV. Hey, washer is down. A little, mm-hmm. little message pops up. and Or you could say, oh, I need another cycle on this on your phone. Go yep, ahead. exactly. See, Alex, I think you need to talk you, to these ex. You joke about this. This is going to be how homes are going to start being built soon. Everything's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be like smart home app and then everything is controllable. Well, you can already control lights and things like that on your apps. But Oh, yeah. So, aside from washer and dryer, nothing big... <laughs> I, I've been in a complete Star Wars mode lately. It's been... Did you buy something Star Wars? No, I didn't buy anything Star... Oh, actually, you know what? I lied. Molly bought me a Jedi robe. Nice. That I'm going to wear to uh, The Force Awakens when I go see it. She also got a, a headband for her that has the Princess Leia buns on it that she's going to wear and, and maybe like a white shawl or something like that, mm-hmm. so... Very cool. It's going to be good. That's that's pretty much all we bought, though. Gearing up for the wars. It's I'm okay. gearing up and playing Battlefront, you know, when I can. Um, we still need to play together. We do. Because, uh, and uh, Jakku came out. It did. Right? I've played it. For, have you played it? I, I have not played it. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about it. Is it look? It's pretty cool. So it, It's like it, a desert planet, right? Right. Kind of like Tatooine. Yeah. So, it looks a lot like Tatooine, except there's, it's like a junkyard that you're fighting in. They're not a junkyard, mm. but, you know, crashed ships everywhere. Okay. So, um, in the... Because it is the battle, quote-unquote, of Jakku that you're participating in at that point. Right. Which are... I guess the the storyline is on Jakku, the 
the Empire had like a, a big uh, facility there for a vehicle or you know shipbuilding. Okay. And so the rebels to mount one big final death blow, let's say, to the Empire because the death of the Emperor obviously that the the Death Star was just one thing of the Empire. Right. So blowing that up didn't win the war, obviously. Mm-hmm. So going and then them trying to destroy this facility is what it is all about. So on this facility, there's a down Star Destroyer, which is really cool. You can run around. There's AT-ATs uh, that are kind of like downed, like blown up. And we kind of see a little preview of that in the trailer, mm-hmm. right? You see the big Star Destroyer in the sand. Right. And then off in the distance as you're playing, because there's a mode called Turning Point, I think it is the new mode that's introduced with Jakku. Okay. Uh, you can see, like, the ships and the battle, depending on how you're doing on the ground. That's awesome. So, like, it'll be the Empire is winning or the Rebels are winning, and, like, it's just really cool. Like, if you look, you got to take time to look up in the sky yeah. and see this stuff. <laughs> in the middle of a battle. Yeah. It's like, dude, <laughs> getting sniped. In the middle dude, of dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. What am I going to do? I want to get this objective. No, I'm going to look at the sky. You guys go take care of this. Because it's really cool. I mean, it's, this game, if nothing else, is so immersive and it so captures, and watching Empire, it so captures the Battle of Hoth. It, all the Star Wars vehicles, it just, it, it, oh, I definitely agree. Amazing. I definitely agree. It definitely gives me my Star Wars fix when I need to be Star Wars, not just watch Star Wars, right? When you need to be Star Wars. When I need to, when I need to do something. Have you worn your Jedi robe while playing Battlefront? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, I have. Did it improve your game? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I have to complete my training, right? It's uh, it's not a... Speaking of which, the robe doesn't training make missions. It, Yes, I have done most of the training missions, not all of them. And uh, I think you're high up there on some of the leaderboards, at least on my friends list. But What can I say? The force is strong <laughs> with me. Yeah. See, it's, it's, a, it's a force in progress, right? you got to build up to, to know how to use the force. And But the game is great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy playing the game, especially in my Jedi robe. And I think the music is what does it for me. When I'm running around, I hear the music. It's mm-hmm. just like it just pumps me up like... No other game could do. I mean, Halo came close once upon a time, but it's not I mean, the this same. is John Williams' Star Wars music. Yeah, this is, it can't compare. This is you've you've seen this in the movies. You've been moved, you know, in one way or another in the movies because of this music, and now it's in a game and it's responding to kind of what's happening in the game. And it's like it's, you, you had, have control over what's yeah. happening. Like you have the power to go kill, you know, stormtroopers or whatever. And like especially when you become a hero. And mm-hmm. it has, like, the different musical cue. Yep. Like, when you become, like, let's say you're doing the Star Wars, uh, the Fighter Squadron mode, which I love. I, that's, like, what I play the most of. Okay. So you're playing Fighter Squadron, and you become Han Solo or uh, the Millennium Falcon yeah. or Slave One with Boba Fett. And it just changes to the, that, like, theme that you kind of associate with that hero, that character. Yeah. <sighs> so good. Yep. I, I, I think my favorite mode so far has been Heroes versus Villains. Mm-hmm. Because it's, fun. it's it's small, right? It's six mm-hmm. people. Three of the people spawn as heroes or villains, depending on what side they're on. Then the other three are just kind of like support, right, for that round. Mm-hmm. And they do individual music depending on who you're going to spawn as. But it's like it's like more controlled because it's a smaller group of people. It's only you know six on six, so it's twelve, and half of the people are are heroes to start off with, and it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I don't know. The only thing, if I could change one thing about it, it's like sometimes the heroes are too, they can take way too much damage before they die. But they're heroes. 
they are heroes, but you never saw Han Solo walking around taking like 15 <laughs> bullets to the chest. And but uh, yeah, it's, stormtroopers need his vest. That's what that's maybe. What you're saying. But I'm I'm excited to see what new heroes they introduce along the way. Mm-hmm. There's I think four new heroes coming. They haven't announced who yet. I mean, my guess would be uh, you gotta have Ben Kenobi, old yeah. old Ben in there. Yoda, maybe. Possibly Yoda. Uh, Qui-Gon. How cool would Qui-Gon be? So I don't think they're going to go with any prequel characters no, yet, which I, I, I would have loved, like Mace Windu or Qui-Gon or something mm-hmm. like that in there. But I think you get an old Obi-Wan. I think you get a Kylo Ren for a villain side. And you were saying maybe Finn or Rey. Finn or Rey. One of those two for the hero side. And then on the evil side, I think you probably got like Captain Phasma. Phasma. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was thinking for sure. Because you definitely need more Force users on... You kind of need to balance that Force user aspect out. Because right now you got Boba Fett... And then you've got the Emperor, who's a Force user, and Vader. Vader. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you got Luke, who's the only Force user. And then you got Leia and Han, which were both like kind of blaster ranged. I hope they go all out, like over the course of the game. Just keep Boba building. Fett's OP, by the way, man. He oh, is ridiculous. Rid- with the jetpack and everything. Jetpack, missiles. Flamethrower. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's too much. Um, I think the Emperor should be more powerful. He should be, but it makes sense because he, he can go down pretty quickly. He really doesn't have much of a defense. He can hold the left trigger and defend a little bit. but um, Then he should do more damage, like he with should, his fourth lightning. He should, but I mean, if you have, if you're playing as the Emperor against like NPCs, or against, no, even if like it's a group of people come at you and you press the LB and do that chain lightning, they're, yeah. they're dead. Right. If you're against another person, though. Yeah, like line, if you're going up against Luke, like the Emperor versus yeah. Luke, Luke wins every time. I know. And it's hard to determine how much damage your lightning is doing to Luke and how long it's going to take to do that type of damage to kill him. And Luke can just full out sprint at you, mm-hmm. smack you a couple times with the lightsaber, and you're done. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, th- I feel like maybe against a... Um, but the Emperor can heal himself if he gets away. Right. I, I feel like they could also maybe, instead of, if they're not going to make it more powerful, make the lightning kind of stagger the heroes a little bit. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, you didn't see... Because I have noticed a few attacks will stagger oh, really? another hero. Maybe, is it that, is it like one of the more powerful the more attacks? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe that's... Because I think like you can stagger, if you use the chain lightning against a hero... I think that staggers them a little bit, and then he can kind of go up. But yeah. when you're lightning them, they don't get any like a phase effect or anything, yeah. so they can still like attack you. So that's... I just highly doubt if he's just nailing you with force lightning that you're just going to be continual running at him full speed. I mean, Luke could barely stand. Well, I mean, if you're so one thing that's really cool about this game too is probably other Battlefield games did this, but yeah. if you hit somebody like in the leg and they're they're sprinting and you hit a blaster on like the knee or something like that, they will like. Sp- yeah, fall mm-hmm. in that Conan stutter in that direction. Yeah, which is really cool. Very accurate. Notice I'm asking you about Emperor Palpatine because I know it's your favorite character, and yes. I'm sure that you run around with him. When when I have an option to choose, I usually choose Palpatine. But I mean, I love playing as Boba Fett because he just his jetpack is so cool and so fun to play with. Yeah. And just, his range mobility is unparalleled. Yeah. And then you've also got Vader, which is kind of nice, but he's really lumbering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he does enough damage. I, th- I think he needs to have a little more damage that he does because he's just kind of slower. Because I think Luke versus Vader, Luke even wins that battle. Yeah. If it's a good Vader versus a good Luke. I wonder if, if they do put those characters that we're thinking of, at least on the villain side, Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma, mm-hmm. if they keep it within the Force Awakens family, maybe we could see an old Luke. Well, I don't, I don't think that they I would... know you don't want a, a duplicate yeah, character. I, I don't think that they would have two characters because 
then like it kind of doesn't. It, it is doesn't severe, feel right. It wouldn't feel severely, right. I severely miss Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. in the games right now. I feel like you get an old Ben, and then he will kind of match Vader in a way. Uh, he'll so do he like mind tri- he could do a mind trick and be like invisible. That would be cool. Or when he gets hit by a lightsaber, it just the clothes just <laughs> fall to the floor, and then he comes back as a ghost. <laughs> oh, Anakin! I told you never to do this again. <laughs> yeah, bop. It'd be fun, but yes, I mean we can speculate all we want. They haven't announced anything yet, but there's a ton of content coming still to this game, and I've already played. I don't have my phone with me, but at least forty hours of this game so far. Yeah, I would I would bet that they don't even know who they're going to release yet. I would bet that they're going to say, "Let's wait and see what comes of the Force Awakens movie," because there could be really poor reception or really good reception to a character that sh- could have an outcry you know what i mean like a-, a lot of people could hate finn as a force user and love ray and want ray instead mm-hmm. or vice versa and then they make a, a-, a change like that so i i would say that they may be waiting and seeing yeah could be and there could be another character we don't know about too you never know i could go for a chewbacca in there as well <laughs> yeah Little crossbow, but I mean, then you got another range. Per- you need another like close-up person. For- yeah, but you got a guy that you could just run at people and rip off their arms and like smack <laughs> them with their arms. He goes up against two guys and knocks their heads together. <laughs> yes, yeah, that'd be great. So, uh, moving anyway, aside yes. from Star Wars for a second, while we move on to other entertaining things, anything else? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm four and zero in um, our Madden league with four and the o. Bucks. Can you believe it? Who did you uh, steal off waivers? Or not I, waivers, but draft. I, not draft. Um, what am I thinking of? What's the term? Free, free agency. Free agency. Free agency, I picked up one person. I needed a fullback really bad. I picked up Peyton Hillis, and I, I made him number 33. So it's a white guy that's number 33 in Tampa. He looks like exactly like Mike Allstott <laughs> used to look on the Tampa Bay. So I, I just did it more for the nostalgia. But um, that's pretty much it. I made a trade for another cornerback, and... I think, was it Josh that got upset because that was the same cornerback that he was looking at? Uh, may have been. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, 4-0. I played Eric last night, uh, and I streamed it on Twitch. And, and it was a... you were merciless in your beating of Eric. Poor Eric. I... Poor Eric. Did you watch the, the game? I didn't watch the game, but I saw the score. Oh, it's not as bad as what it looked. It was like 6-36, to 36, right? It was, I think it was, yeah, 34 to 6, I think was the final. But it's not as bad as what it looked, though. It was it was a good game. There were lots of turnovers in the game and uh, lots of, uh, you know, Madden moments in the game. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I love playing users. I love playing other people. I, the mm-hmm. computer gets old after a while. but Yeah. The computer is actually decent to play against sometimes with some teams. Like, if, they, if you go up against, like, a level 90 or higher rated team, yeah. it's a challenge. And, and I think... And I think it should be that way. I was I started my own connected franchise, and I was tweaking the gameplay sliders a little bit to try to get a more realistic, uh, you know, game out of it. Because like, if I'm a crappy team and I'm playing a good team, a good rated team, it, it should be a struggle for me to win, even if I'm a good player. You know what I mean? It should just be that other team is a better team, and it should be more of a struggle for me to win, not just I'm a user, so I know how to do this and this and this. And mm-hmm. so, but anyway, it was fun. It's Madden. Punters can throw for 40 yards. We move on. <laughs> um, other than that, I haven't really been playing anything. Uh, you know, just the, the usual Destiny, hopping on and Halo every once in a while. And 
I'm telling you, you got to get back into Destiny. It's it's really killing me because now we're all up to this, you know, 300 light level. We're ready to go, and I think I heard you say yesterday you retired. You retired. This is only year two of ten. You can't retire in year two. It's just the same kind of chasing the random light drop thing, and I, I I can't stand that. I literally cannot stand putting in all these hours for a possibility to get something. Now, you don't have to wait for a random drop. You can infuse your gear I've, I've to done be that. higher. I mean, so my light level, I think we talked yesterday, was 297. Okay. Um, and I think you passed me finally. Yeah, 299. <laughs> so, and I haven't played for months. I know. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm to the point where I don't, I don't, I don't, I, the grind, I don't like it. That's not that's not what I want to play games for. Like Battlefront's completely different because people can say, "Well, it's the same thing." I mean, you're, you're not even getting anything out of it, but you're you're leveling up consistently based on your performance, mm-hmm. and you're unlocking different items and weapons, and you have things that you're working towards getting. Like you feel like you're always stuff. putting one foot in front of the other and, and right. moving forward. And yeah. there I, are ATATs, and there are you know X-wings. I I, I definitely <laughs> understand. I definitely understand. There's definitely, like I said, it's only year two of ten, right? There's definitely things that they need to do to improve the gameplay because there is too much of that standstill when you get to a certain level that's not the, the peak level, but you're like you're like almost there. And there's a big standstill for a really, really long time. And, yeah, it, it bothers me as well. They're, I'm sure they're working on it. Bungie, please, I hope you're working on it. Um, Let me ask you a question. But it is still fun because you're all the way up here already, right? You made it through the majority of the grind. Wouldn't it be fun to just hop on with Eric and I and, you know, Molly plays too, and, and we could get a raid going? I know you're not gaining anything but out I of it. But I could play really, Battlefront. But, but <laughs> I know you're not gaining anything out of it, but I, and I know that you're gaining experience in Battlefront. But in the in the grand scheme of things, don't you get more out of playing with your friends than but I play with my meaningless friends. XP and Battlefront? I, I play with my friends in Battlefront, and I play as... And I, I oh, quote, other so, friends. Dude, you can't take me away from Star Wars right now. If I have the option to play Star Wars or Destiny, right, I, and, what am I choosing? Yeah, that's and I definitely understand that. At least until the first of the year. And then February can, rolls around. Maybe I'll be. Maybe, okay. maybe possibly you'll be like three seventy five at that point, and I'll be like no, I three hundred probably. <laughs> I'm at that stance at that point. rate. Yeah. <laughs> well, so here I have to ask you a question, and in a couple of weeks, maybe we can go through and kind of. Give some thought and kind of name some of our game of the year or movie of the year type stuff mm-hmm. because I mean we're what we were entertained by most this year. We'll say sure. So I have a question for you. Shoot. And this is going to be my question for the week. Okay. So for any listeners who want to answer this question, tweet us at Entertaining Pod or myself at Seth Nightmare or Alex at D O U E one H one. Wow, you got it down. That's what I do. Nice. So the question I have for you: Should Destiny, the Taken King? Be considered for game of the year for 2015. I and you are like the most destiny person I know. I don't know. It's an. I, I, I mean, it came out this year. It's an expansion. It's an expansion. So let's say that you have two categories. You have your game of the year, right? And then you have another category for expansion of the year. Okay, if you're splitting it up like that, then... Well, I mean, you just best DLC, right? Can I just pick what I was most entertained by the year? It might not even be the Destiny the Taken King. I'm just saying, no, can I'm just... I just pick what I was most entertained, new content that came out this year? But, 
You could do that. You just don't want Here's me to pick Destiny. The term game of the year. What does that mean to you? It's a game that came out this year that uh, that you thought was the best in the calendar year. That's what I would think, right? So, in my opinion, right, Destiny the Taken King... Destiny, the Bones, the base, came out last year. Mm-hmm. So this year, Battlefront came out, right? It's not a game of the year. It's it's amazing. It's it's really fun. Right. It's probably what I've been entertained by most recently. Yeah. But it's if that were have let's say next year they had a single player story mission pack that was part of the season pass, right? An eight hour mission. Mm-hmm. That I wouldn't even consider it a game of the year because it's DLC. It's content for something that came out this year. Then I don't think Call of Duty should ever be considered because that's just the same recycled bag of bones every year. Well, I mean, yeah. So you, you then you have your argument for your annualized games, Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, uh, sports games of all kinds. Yeah, I don't think you can consider any of those, even though they're, uh, even though they're new titles. I would say, but I don't know. That's a that's like a how tough do you quantitate question. what game of the year is? Because some people can be like, oh, man, the, the best game I played this year was, you know, NBA 2K16, which a lot of people like a lot because of the way they did that. There's like a story mode. And it is technically a new title, right? Right. But we've seen the same game over. I understand the question. It's it's a difficult answer. I, you, I don't you, know. For sports games, you really need to have their own category because they are sure. annual. For annualized franchises like Call of Duty and this and that, they should be in their own category. Okay. So but games like uh, The Witcher 3 or Metal Gear or, you know, Battlefront, but it wouldn't be, would be like Game of the Year. So because this is, they're yeah. not annualized. Okay, so we're excluding annualized games and we're excluding expansion packs. Yeah, you can do your own, like, category for those other, okay. other areas. But overall, when you think of Game of the Year, when you look at a... Because they have the Video Game Awards coming up this weekend. Who, if if Destiny, the Taken King, wins Game of the Year, would you agree with that? Well, probably not. Being a huge Destiny fan... Being a huge Destiny fan But is, what's the reason why you wouldn't? Well, it's... It's because when I look at Destiny the Taken King, I still see Destiny all the way back when it first came out last year. And I still and, and, and it's just it's it's more of a DLC release for me than it is a new game. I mean it is it is the definition of an expansion pack because it expands on what's there. It gives you more classes, it gives you right. more places to go. And while they things. did create new things to do, they didn't create a new game out of it. I would say that it's anything that classifies as a new game creation like the witcher would be a perfect category i my game of the year and it's only just because i don't really play single player games you don't tell us yet we'll, we'll do a, a okay. game of your discussion later on. okay all right but, <laughs> but I, I got but, i think i know what it is though. okay <laughs> <laughs> it really narrows it down <laughs> because i don't play single player games. i only play like four is. games so <laughs> we got we got Madden, we got Destiny, we got Halo, and what would the fourth be? Didn't we just rule out two, three of those games? <laughs> so, Slim Pickens. Anyway. Or it could be Battlefront, you don't know. I don't think, but, so, and it's, it's, it stinks because I don't think Battlefront will win Game of the Year, but it is the fun, the most fun multiplayer I've had this year, for sure. Yeah. Like, the most surprised I was, was how much I love Fighter Squadron. Now, if they had made a really good immersive storyline, I think that would be up for Game of the Year consideration. 
Oh, yeah, because then you have it's, the multiplayer as it's well. It's all balanced all the way around. It's a complete game. Mm-hmm. Now, they came out with the multiplayer. While the multiplayer is... It, isn't it isn't it odd? If somebody makes a really good story game, single-player game, like The Witcher mm-hmm. or Fallout 4, mm-hmm. no one, t- everybody talks about game of the year for that category. Nobody thinks about the multiplayer aspect not being there. But somebody like Battlefront comes out and makes only multiplayer. Everybody's saying... It leaves, yeah, it leaves something to be desired. Well, doesn't single player then, because there's no multiplayer? I would think that it, it should be the inverse. It, it should work for both of them or neither of them. It's an interesting thought, right? Because, like you said, you have these games that have no multiplayer component, but they're still like, ooh, like oh, The Walking Dead a few years ago, the Telltale mm-hmm. game, was there's no multiplayer there. Right. When that was up against games that had multiplayer, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so that it. was just a one-sided package, and that really, honestly, I don't. That was, I don't know if I would agree with that being game of the year for that year. No, anyway. I definitely disagree. Good story, interesting yes. concept, great premise, but it leaves much to be desired. And why? Lack of it action doesn't, it doesn't and push the boundaries. It, lack of action. Yep, absolutely. And there's no multiplayer. I mean, come on, let's face it. Video gaming is a social experience now. Even though you're sitting. Most of the time, just at your own place, by yourself, or maybe with one other person. But The Witcher is, like, the complete opposite. I mean, it is a single-player experience. Doesn't it leave much to be desired, though, that you take all this time to build up this character and then you can't do anything with it? No. Because they they built the world that that character is in, so that way you're occupied with it. You don't have to... You don't have to seek out any other multiplayer. You don't have to say, like, well, I need to get more... I need to get more hour value out of this by going into multiplayer and playing rounds of games, right? You get your hour value straight up with story content, voice acted, cinematic, epic. It's just my ideal game, and this is in in like I was saying, it needs to work both ways. Only multiplayer. Even me, I love multiplayer games, and I play Battlefront, and I still sit there saying, I I feel like there needs to be a story. That's coming from me. If you would like a story for Battlefront, there are six, seven movies that I can recommend to you. I'm I'm saying, (laughs) I'm saying, as as a game, Star Wars Battlefront, I feel like there's something missing. Just like I would if there was a story uh, or only a a single player game, right? So in my mind, the better, the best games to me are like Halo, like Destiny. They have a good, good, not great. You know, kind of on Destiny's if side. If you but say story, I'm gonna be like, what story? They have they have a story mode that you can put time into, and more more than that, you can play with people in the story mode if you choose to as a cooperative experience. And then they also have a really good multiplayer. That's a complete game to me. Mm-hmm. That hits all your bases. I think the other two categories leave something to be desired, and I'm saying that I'm I'm strictly an only multiplayer guy. So that's why. I just don't find too much value in those um, those single-player games, at least with the multiplayer, even if it is only multiplayer. At least I can play with somebody, you know, one of my friends or something like that, and we can have fun just, you know, for a little bit doing that. But, and I know you're the opposite, too. Well, I do, like, I enjoy playing Madden with friends. I enjoy right. playing Battlefront with friends. I did enjoy playing Destiny with friends, but... There's, you can only have three in your party, which is just so weird. Three or six seems like it just odd. Yeah, if I could have four, like if it was Halo and I could have like four guys joining in at any time, four is the perfect number. Mm-hmm. Three is just, I need another guy to come in there because there's always someone who's like, hey guys, what you playing? That, <laughs> I, sorry, like we're gonna play Destiny. I can play Destiny. 
No, you can't. I'll just go over here and just sit on the citadel, or whatever they call it. The tower? The tower. <laughs> oh, wow, it has been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it, it is an odd number, right? Because you think third, like, of a third wheel. Mm-hmm. There's four wheels on a car. Perfect balance. I, I don't disagree with you, but I mean, I, it is what it is, right? Halo made four such a popular number because how they've revolutionized that. I think that's why we hover around that four being a good party number. Mm-hmm. But um, four, five, but three just feels a little too too low. It's a small little strike team, small little fire team, and then for a raid party, you have six. It, I don't know. I need, it works. It's I need just, more. I need more power. More people. Then you got to get on with us in a raid. There's six people. I need in a raid. You need more than six people. Sometimes you do, <laughs> especially if the players are bad. You need like ten. <laughs> All right. So let's we'll table this discussion for later on, and we'll do a game of the year, movie of the year type uh, discussion. That'll All be right. Fun. Everybody can guess mine. They have like a fifty-fifty chance to get it right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the other things I've been entertained by, aside from Battlefront, because that's all I've been playing. So what's your distribution for how much of your time you spend to Battlefront and or Star Wars versus everything else in your life? Right now? Yeah. I mean, all but like three hours of my entertainment oh my has gosh. been... <laughs> I was going to guess 90-10. <laughs> I was going to 90% Star Wars, 10% living life, you know, doing everything else, so. So, I mean, it'll actually a little bit more than that, because over the holiday break, there was, uh, I caught up on some of the shows that I've been watching. I, I finished Man in the High Castle, which is interesting. Okay. The ending left something to be desired. I, I think that that would make a perfect movie. I, I, if they continue on with like a, oh, the, maybe we need a second season or a third season, I want the story to be done. I want to find, Yeah. it just feels like if they would have wrapped it up, it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't want a second scene of that show. But I enjoyed what there was. I wanted the story to be told, to yeah. be complete. And I've been... And normally you want to watch a good show for a really long time. You don't want it to end. Those are the ones that kind of are... Well, there's like, a show like Chuck, right? Which yes. you can just continue on and yes, go and go. Yes, exactly. But a story like this that has... It's based on a book. Yeah. A book has a beginning and an end. Right. And it's, it's built in such a way that it keeps you coming back. I don't know... Like, this first season was fine, but I'll forget about it by the time the second season comes around. Yeah, and you want it to be more like a one 12-episode event type thing where it's like right. an extended movie right. and it's cut off. Which is what, like, Marvel seems to be doing with their Netflix stuff. Yeah. they It's self-contained. There will be It will be built on later, but the story is ended yeah. for the most part. And that's what everybody seems to be hover, hovering towards now, and that's something that I've just most recently come to love a little bit more. But... It it's so much better than trying to span a, a TV show out for an infinite amount of time to try to get as much money as these production companies, you know, are thinking mm-hmm. they can get, and then it just fizzles out the story, and it just either never ends or it just goes on too long. Walking Dead, and it just seems like it's just dragging forever, and it's just there's so many filler episodes and time wasting episodes. Sometimes. It's what's the line that Harvey Dent says in Batman? You you live, you live long, long enough, enough to see yourself become the villain. The Walking Dead is the villain of my life right now in TV shows. It's lasted too long. They need to find a story, go a direction, and 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 look for that end in sight. End it on a good note and be done. Mm-hmm. Just cut ties and get. Yes, out of 
it was a great show, like in the first couple seasons, and then they started branching off. And there's too many shows like that nowadays, and that's why the stories fizzle out, and we don't get that closure. Mm-hmm. So, Man in High Castle. I'm it's, marking off my list. <laughs> it's really interesting. The concept is amazing. I just wish it was a movie or it was a completed story. So, did you ever read the book on that? Mm-mm. But I want to now. So, because I just want to know what happens. I wonder at what point in the book they're at, and if they pass that point in the book, what's the direction that they're going? Because Walking Dead had comics to reference, right? And they hit that point so, in the show. In the. I can read a book in 13 hours, right? Mm. Or I can watch the season in 13 hours. I would rather have the complete experience by reading a book. Mm-hmm. That's just that's kind of how I look at it. I'm just curious as to what point they left that end of the season off of in the book. I guess I could figure that out. Like, you know, if you look online and there's probably people talking about where it's at, how it differs from the book and this and that. But, yeah, I, it's just... It was a really cool premise, a really cool storyline that just – and if it's a year until the next one comes out, it's just not going to be as impactful. It's too long. Way too long. And, and do they leave it as a cliffhanger? Yeah. Of course. It's it's too much. They just need – they're trying to get the most money out but in the that they can, but in the process, they're losing our interest. Mm-hmm. So – other things I've been entertained by, yeah. I said Chuck, because I kind of watch that every now and then, because just it's on Netflix. It's great. You can just watch it. Yeah. It's funny. It's good. And then Flash and Arrow, been watching those, and they actually mm-hmm. just started this week. There's a new crossover event. Uh, so it has, if you watch Flash this week, it'll be concluded in Arrow. So pretty cool that they do that now. Mm-hmm. And other than that, just... Star Wars Battlefront, and I watched Rebels, obviously, this week, mm-hmm. so I watch that every week. Yep, I'm almost done with Rebels as well. So and good. It is. They did a really good job on it. Mm-hmm. And it just gets better. Like, this, this, last week, I got a little, you know, verklempt watching it. It was just, it was just touching. Um, and then this week, it was really good to see certain characters do certain things. Mm-hmm. So, oh, such good. It's good. Oh, yeah. It's Star Wars season. It's Star Wars, yeah. And... Because it's Star Wars season, we have to continue our discussion, our journey towards The Force Awakens. Please, let's do it. Join me, Alex. And together, we will talk about (laughs) The Empire Strikes Back with our entertaining thoughts for this week. Empire Strikes Back. So there's so many, so much that happens in this movie, right? There's set pieces, there's Hoth, there's Bespin, there's Dagobah, mm-hmm. there's all these, you know, there's the battle, the battle of Hoth, there is the, the lightsaber battle between Luke and who is revealed to be his father, Darth Vader. That's like the first true lightsaber battle in the star. In comparing, that yeah, comparing A New Hope's lightsaber battle to this one, completely different. Very right? much so. But also at the same time, okay, let's just talk about this lightsaber battle first. Let's do it. It looks like, at the beginning of this battle especially, because Vader knows that Luke is his son. 
he doesn't want to kill him. He's just toying with him. He's testing him. Right. He's just kind of seeing how much he knows, what he can do, if he's worth making the offer to rule the galaxy with, you know, as father and son. But towards, like, as it goes on, it starts out with Vader with one hand on his lightsaber. Yeah. Then he gets with two hands, and he gets more into it. And then gets quite aggressive towards the end. Yeah. And then he's like, you are beaten. And then he's like, no! And then he cuts his hand off and all this, you know. It's just one of those lightsaber battles that is, it has intensity. It has enough action. And it is really good. And I put this battle either as high or maybe just a little under the Revenge of the Sith battle. Because this has a lot of emotion that you, as a viewer, on second watching, if you haven't seen it and if you didn't know that Luke is the son of Vader, has a lot more emotion to it during Absolutely. the battle. Like, after... If I... I don't know. I think I've always known that Vader is Luke's father. I, I, I just think I've always known that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I can never remember a time watching Empire Strikes Back and had that being revealed to me because I've grown up with Star Wars. Right. And I'd probably be, my brother probably at some point said to me, Luke, I am my father. So I'm like, what? He's like, Vader. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. I never had the, the experience of going right. to the theater and having my mind blown. I wish, that's, I think you've mentioned this before. If there was something that you could forget yes. and experience again. This would be it. It would be this. Absolutely. It's, it's Hands down. It's one of the coolest things, and so I was watching the Blu-ray, which is like, got the added scene with the Emperor in it. Yeah, same. And Except not on Blu-ray. I use VHS. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Gotta keep it clean. <laughs> um, so Vader is talking to Palpatine, and he's, you know, they change that scene up, and he's at the son of Skywalker, this, you know, still alive. And then, watching it, I was like, man, they just, they just ruined this. They, the whole thing is gone now. But not true. Because at that point, we still don't know that Anakin Skywalker is Vader. Right. And the way that it's said doesn't direct anything towards Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. The son him, of Skywalker. The son of, the offspring of, yeah, Skywalker. of Anakin Skywalker. I mean, it, and it, it makes sense both ways because they're trying not to take that moment away from the viewers by you know not revealing who Darth Vader is at the time. But at the same time, it's true in a sense because... He's no longer Anakin Skywalker. He's just referred to as Darth Vader now. Mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker is a person of his past. And what do you think about this reveal? So if you were to... <clears throat> if you knew somebody, or you had a, a child or something like that, and you want to show them Star Wars the first time, do you show it to them one, two, three, four, five, six, or do you show it to them, like, four, five, so they can see this, this reveal... I think I, I think I've said it before um, that I would show it to them in the same order that I experienced in, in which would be four, five, six, one, two, three. I think the order I saw it in was probably like four, six, five, four. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't oh. know. I mean, originally, because I was a kid, yeah. I didn't know. I was like, oh, yeah. lightsabers. I didn't. I didn't understand storytelling at that point. But like showing them number four and showing them a new hope first, I think would bring about a lot of confusion and. I don't know if that it's a new hope almost seems a little disconnected from the other movies and a new hope was a complete story yeah because it was the first story it was the original story they didn't know if there was going to be any sequels exactly 
but I would want them to have this reveal. I never got the reveal either, or if I did, I don't remember what it was. That's why if I wanted to forget something, not only did it, do I want to forget this and, and watch it from scratch again, but I wish I could go back in time and be there when these things are happening and being released in theaters so I could have that moment with everybody else. And then the three years in between, what, this and A New Hope and then mm-hmm. this and Empire Stri- or uh, uh, Return of the Jedi have all that speculation. I would love it. So that's the period of time that we're in right now, right? That's the best. With Episode 7, in 14 days from this recording... Yes. We will be watching The Force Awakens. I can't believe it. There's all this speculation that's happening, right? So, okay, let's contrast. We, we had a discussion last week a little bit about trailers, right? Yes. They have been really good with keeping a lot of any key plot elements away Correct. from these trailers. Contrast that to a trailer that was released last night, the Batman vs. Superman trailer. You could watch that trailer, and you know the entire movie now. Oh, I didn't see it. I'm glad. Stay away from it or watch it. Either way, it looks... I don't know. My expectations are lowered now because of the trailer, quite honestly. But this is about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And when you were looking at The Force Awakens coming out in two weeks, a typical movie... Maybe Marvel has changed now, but a typical movie would be like, oh, all these trailers, all these things. I mean, there is a lot of TV ads coming out, but they're being awesome with the way that they are not teasing this information so we can have this type of reveal. There will be something revealed in this movie that's kind of like to this level. And and they they have to be careful, right? Because their trailer, they don't need to give anything of the way, uh, 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 any plot points away mm-hmm. in their trailers. Show us a lightsaber, show us a You don't even have to tell us the name of the movie. All you have yeah. to do is say Star Wars. We'll be there. That's right. Right? So your trailer doesn't become a regular trailer. It becomes flashes of clips, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful because... People know Star Wars so well, and there's so much speculation because there's so much hype around this movie. Too many different flashes of scenes can lead to too much interpretation. Like, we know how the story is going to start. We know who plays what part initially. I don't want to know any more than that. And quite frankly, I don't know if I wanted to know that much in the first place. Mm-hmm. I, I would just prefer if they showed, like, the clip of Harrison Ford and Chewbacca or just, you know, a couple clips here and there. Julie and Brown. that's all they needed to show. The first and, the like, the teaser trailer and the official trailer, that's it. I don't mm-hmm. want to see any more. And I believe that's all I've seen, unless there was a third trailer that they released. I can't remember. See, and, and I've been watching, like, when I watch the, the football games on Sunday, there's just been a lot of new scenes that I've never seen in some of these Star Wars trailers that are coming out and I wish I hadn't seen them but like you hear the the music and you can't help you, you but you can't help but focus Star directly Wars. on it. it's like a an eclipse or something it's just you got to look at it <laughs> you can't look away you can't so let's 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 bring it back Sorry. to the Empire Strikes Back yes so what are your thoughts on this lightsaber battle i mean it it's hard to compare this to previous uh, the, the prequel trilogy, right? Because you have to take um, the limits of technology out um, that you know we had in the more recent films. But like you said, this one packs a lot of emotion. And this is a very important lightsaber battle. I enjoyed it much more than A New Hope. Um, this is one of my favorite battles. And I, and I do, I'm trying to be very objective to the senses that it's, it's not as fast-paced and you know, technologically crisp. As the prequels. Exactly. Right. Um, but I still think that there are a couple lightsaber battles that put this one 
under. You know, I, I put this one under a lot of other lightsaber lightsaber battle, battles. My God, can't talk. <laughs> um, you mentioned the one in Revenge of the Sith with the Battle of the Heroes, right, where mm-hmm. Yoda and Sidious are fighting. And, yeah, I, I think I, I think that is like the best mm-hmm. lightsaber battle, in my opinion. I mean, you have two different lightsaber battles going on and I'm not going to attempt to say that anymore lightsaber battles this I'm done with that <laughs> you have two of those going on and you have them going on between such intense characters and then the music just mm-hmm. blows it out of the water Crescendo's just yeah like just, speaking of blowing it out of the water the, the lava that comes up yes and, yeah and and they're going on concurrently do, during this it's it's too much like my mind was exploding i just that's the best one this one has a lot of emotion, but as far as action and intensity goes, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard not to, you know, rank this one higher. But it's just it didn't do it for me like some of the other ones. Just my opinion. What's your opinion on the Battle of Hoth? I love the Battle of Hoth. I that that's one of the iconic battles for me. I mean, obviously, but I mean, that's a perfect way. To start off the second part of the story when it was released, it was the second part of the story. Because you have, like you said, it's almost a complete story in A New Hope. People weren't sure how it was going to, you know, transpire after that. And I think when it was originally marketed, it was just known as The Empire Strikes Back. It had like a little Star Wars logo around. A box, I think. Yeah, it was like a box around it. But, I mean... This was branded as The Empire Strikes Back, and I think when they wrote this, this was technically Star Wars 2, but when it was released, they had that, you know, Episode 5 title, and everybody was all confused. How was this Episode 5 when, you know, we just... Where'd I miss the other three? Yeah, where's where's 2, 3, and 4? So... I don't know. This is why I want to go back in time and experience this. I, ha- I-, I want to know the thought process and how all this information came out because this is, it's not, you said a lot of people regard this as the best movie. I disagree with that. However, in my, in my opinion, I disagree with that it's the best movie of the saga. However, it is the most important movie of the saga in terms of what made Star Wars the saga that we know today. This is... The revolutional, uh, you know what I mean? Right. Because, I mean, you look at the Battle of Hoth, and it is iconic. Sorry, that was your original question. (laughs) And you look at it, and it is iconic because it's in any good game that's vehicle-based will have a Battle of Hoth, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Shadows of the Empire, Rogue Squadron, all those fun games. Even on N64, you were tying up the ATS. on N64, and now Battlefront. Yep. You got your Battle of Hoth stuff. You have the to- the the tow cables taken down the the walkers. Yep. And this opening battle, I think it's my favorite battle of the Star Wars saga, like the land battle that I've seen. Because in the prequels, you had some stuff that was all kind of like flashy, like the Attack of the Clones had a cool one. Yeah. But uh, I think this is the best battle on land because at this point. You know the heroes are in peril. You mm. want the heroes to escape. You're rooting for the rebellion. The Empire is coming to crush them. Vader's on his way. These walkers are immense, and they're just like 
they're scary. Honestly, if you, if you see them, have you seen like the pictures where people will take and put walkers like in like the fog or something like that of, in a yeah. in an actual picture like mm-hmm. in uh, St. Louis, not St. Louis, like San Francisco fog or something like that, and a star destroyer coming through. Yeah. Those those are cool images, and you look at this when they're looking through the viewfinder and they see these walkers coming like. What do we do? I mean, their, their armor was too strong for blasters. They had to figure out a way to take them down. It's so it, it's great to see this battle. And you have to consider the time frame, right? They were in the first uh, in the New Hope. They were run out of Yavin, right, by the Empire, mm-hmm. and it's three years later. They so, had just established the base. Just established the base. They're regroup. They're finally regrouping, and then what? A little probe droid comes down, and they're thinking, "What? What is it? What is it? Uh uh-uh, oh, it's something from the Empire." They call back, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. They look out. They see all those. <laughs> it's. I mean, at that point, it's like jump ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really have another option because there's too much. I mean, they were coming back strong at that point. They, they blew up the Death Star. They're not just a pithy rebellion at this point. They are, they are a threat. They're a thorn in the Empire's side right now. But they're a big enough thorn that they have to crush them to take. They have to take them out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, taken out. If they had taken out everybody in that Hoth, that would have been. Probably the end of the rebellion right there. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, I think canonically, the first appearance of the ATAT has been in Rebels. Yeah. In season two. Okay. I don't know if you've gotten there yet. Nope, not yet. So I think that's the first appearance canonically of the ATATs. Are they the same uh, like look, or do they look like a more like a developmental version because it's a, like at the beginning of the? Well, because you know, like in Attack of the Clones, you had those six-legged walkers, yeah, that could climb up the walls and stuff. But now they, they look like ATATs. Okay. Rebels. Interesting. So let's move on. Battle of Hoth, excellent. Yeah. The asteroid chase. I love oh. the asteroid chase. I had forgotten how much I love that asteroid chase with Han flying through, being his cocky self and everything. And then I didn't realize this, but Han and Chewbacca in the asteroid field, or while they were trying to elude, sorry, the TIE fighters because they couldn't jump to hyperspace, Han and Chewbacca go to fix the hyperdrive. Yep. Leia's flying the ship. Yeah. It never <laughs> dawned on me. It's either Leia or it's a C-3PO, but it's probably Leia. Yeah. Flying the ship. I never... It never occurred to me. And, and that's She's eluding TIE fighters. It's, it's Han Solo's, like, you can say that he's laid back, right? But, I mean, it's just like, you know, whatever will be, will be. We're putting the ship here. I have to go fix it. And if we want to get out of it, if we get shot and we blow up, <laughs> then we die. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't do him any good to sit in the cockpit and stress about it, right? Well, no, he's, he's, someone's got to elude these TIE fighters, though. Well, and 3PO so I, and, and Leia. And... But I, I I think it's hilarious, or not hilarious, but awesome that like both Chewbacca and Han go to fix the hyperdrive. One of them could have stayed and piloted the thing. but And Leia, who hasn't been shown to be a pilot at all in, in the films, but she is eluding TIE fighters. And she's running into asteroids, but I mean, who's to, that's to be expected from, it's an asteroid field. Yeah. And they don't have, like, you know, the big Star Destroyers from the Empire. They have enough firepower and manpower, and then they can shoot the asteroids out of their way as they're mm-hmm. moving through the field. But they don't have that, right? They're this little tiny ship with a couple pods for, you know, shooting. So, I mean, do you think that's an inconsistency in, like you said, we've never seen Leia's piloting skills. If she was that good, she could have flown with the Rebels in A New Hope. Right? But she was probably considered too valuable of a target. Possibly. Or too valuable at that point, I'm sure. 
She's she was needed to be a leader on the ground instead of a pilot. So is this? I mean, we find out in this movie obviously that she had the forces with her, mm-hmm. right? Well, is, no, we don't. Oh, I think we, we do. We find out that you know after the duel, Luke kind of calls with the force to her. You know, that there's a connection. We still don't know that they're brother and sister at this point, and we don't know that she has the force. But she she just knows. So you can kind of assume that she is the other. Don't you think? Well, yeah, because it, it, it comes after that that we find that out, right? He, sa- he says, that boy is our last hope. No, there is another. And then shortly after the battle happens, then he makes that connection with her. And it's the same connection that we see Vader make with him, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's a force user to a force user. Mm-hmm. That's I interpret that as being the moment that we know that not only is Leia the other that Yoda is speaking of, but she's also a Force user. Someone who was watching the movie close enough would probably understand that, but it's not explicitly brought out. Right. It will be later, but at this point it's not. Right. And that's, that's, there's so many things revealed in this movie. There's so many different things that bring the whole saga together in this movie. That's why I consider it the most important movie in the saga, right? Because I... You know, I find out that Leia has force powers. We meet Yoda. Mm-hmm. We know that Vader is Luke's father. It's kind of all coming together in this movie so we can kind of see the stage for Return of the Jedi, whereas after A New Hope, even though it was the first, we don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> that was my point. Okay. So the asteroid field chase, yes. excellent. Uh, love yes. that. And then... At that point, you see one of the asteroids knocks out a Star Destroyer. And then you see that guy in the hologram. Ah! Mm-hmm. And then they make Vader's Star Destroyer move out of the asteroid field so they can do a clear transmission for the Emperor. Uh, and you also have the the space slug, or whatever you want to call it, that they yeah, land on. Yeah, that's a weird... Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know. But it, it was always fun. Like, this is moving. And then yeah. they, they get out there, they fly out, and it's like... The cave is closing. That's not a cave. Obviously. I mean, you can see the teeth, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... So let's talk about a couple of characters before we go into Bespin. Sure. We have introduced the bounty hunters, one specifically that's going to play a part, B- Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba. Where? Um, so Boba Fett comes in, and he tracks him down. Obviously, we've met Boba before in the Star Wars trilogy saga with... In episode two, you know, he was with his daddy. Was with his daddy. Uh-huh. So he comes, and he's he's tracking him down. He is a really cool character. He doesn't do a ton. He, he tracks him down, and then he takes Han Solo. That's pretty much all he does in this movie, but... He he makes an he makes an impact. He makes a presence, because he's, he, t- he took Han Solo. He took one of our... Big three. So this guy is a threat, right? Mm-hmm. That's, again, probably why he's in Battlefronts, because he's a big person in this. He is. They. I wish they would have made him a little more menacing in terms of, like, his... I love his armor, though. Oh, the armor, I think, is, you know, why everybody was kind of drawn to him and why he made such a big impact, because when you see somebody in that type of armor, it's just... But he could have been more menacing like when he starts shooting at Luke and stuff like that on, on in Cloud City. Well, he wasn't trying to kill him. He was just trying to... Just hold him off so he could get out of there. Um, and you see his brilliant tracking skills, right, when they were floating away with the garbage. No ship that small has a cloaking device. 
Yeah, they're floating away with the garbage. They think they fooled everybody, but then Django or uh, uh, Boba's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, because he, he saw Obi Wan do it before in Episode yeah, Two. But that's true. And on the other side of that, it's like, how did the Millennium Falcon not see that ship following them? I mean, they're floating away it was with pretty close. garbage. He was so close. Maybe their sensors weren't working. I mean, R2's not with them. Hyperdrive barely works now, so maybe their sensors were completely broken. It could be. Okay, that's what we're going with. Okay, <laughs> that's good. So, Boba Fett's a cool character. Yoda. You uh-huh. seek Yoda. This so, is the best Yoda episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, because sure. this is... We don't have a ton of time to talk about Yoda, but Yoda is a great character in this mm-hmm. one. And so Jennifer was watching this with me. And, you know, we, the last time we saw him was in episode three when he fights the Emperor. He goes in the... He was completely different. And so she asked me, he's like, what's up with Yoda? Has he been alone for too long? Because, <laughs> I mean, he's all crazy acting. He, he's like, he is oh. a little bit. You know, he, he is. And I just... That's obviously kind of an act kind of to kind of not appear as the Maybe. Jedi Master. Right. But it could also be that he's gotten a little loony since he's... Uh, Obi-Wan was also kind of that way, too. He's like, hey, yeah. he's me. He kinda, the way he talked a little bit. In, in this one, Obi-Wan is more, you know, you know. So was I. So was I, if you remember. Yeah. He was a force ghost, for one thing. But he was just more pronounced in this one and just kind of kind of just the sage absolutely but yoda was the master the teacher right and i always loved the scene with the training in dagobah with luke jumping around yoda on his back Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just a fun little scene because you always just think of yoda as the little green guy and then you you go back to episode two yoda's jumping around doing all these flips and stuff on his own Mm -hmm. It's, it's and i think the most impactful yoda scene is when the x-wing is sinking Mm. in the swamp and he has Luke tries it. Luke fails. He's like, "You asked the impossible one." Then Yoda does it. And the music, yeah. that oh, that the Yoda theme music. Yeah. I love that song. And I think Mark, Mark's reaction, Luke's reaction, is the best when he sees. I mean, he was trying. He's he's like this. He's a not a big muscular guy, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's fit. You know, you can mm-hmm. tell he's fit. And he's you know trying all of his strength to lift it up. He gets it a little bit, and then they play like the wah wah music as it sinks back down in the swamp, and, um, and R2. then yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then Yoda does it, and I mean he, he barely uses like any. He just sticks his little hand out, and he's like you know sits like this high. He's, the the it's a really cool scene because you can see like you know Luke looking as the ship is being lifted above the camera. And R2 and then in the distance, voices? yeah, and then in the distance you see Yoda just mm-hmm. little tiny guy sitting on a rock and he's just moving it towards Luke. Yeah. And then, that image is amazing. And then the best line is at the end of that scene where he I said, don't I don't believe it. it. He's like, that's why he failed. That's why he failed. And it, it just shows that, you know, even Yoda says, you don't need muscles. You know, you have to unlearn everything that you've learned mm-hmm. to be one with the Force and to feel its presence and be able to manipulate it to how you need to use it. Mm-hmm. And that's the true training right there. It's not anything to do with a lightsaber or anything like that. Um, that's why it's just such a vintage Yoda scene, and it's the best Yoda episode by far. It's and the the puppeteering by Frank Oz on Yoda <laughs> when he does that, and he he puts the X wing down and he kind of relaxes a little bit. That puppet is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's to to this day there's CG that doesn't look as good. And there was a uh, I don't know if you know, but Frank Oz does a really good Miss Piggy impression. 
Doesn't he voice Miss Piggy? I I don't know who voices Miss Piggy, but <laughs> I know that I, I remember uh, in one of the um, behind the scenes type thing that I did, uh, Luke said that he was doing a scene with Frank Oz as Yoda, and he turns around to go get something. Then when he turns back around. Frank had replaced the Yoda doll with a Miss Piggy doll, and he started saying lines as Miss Piggy, like, I've never been in a, you know, a crappier-looking place. Can somebody get me out of here? And I can just – that's just the funniest thing I could imagine. Like, if I was – you know what I mean? You turn around, you expect to see Yoda and some Miss Piggy, just stuff like that. I yeah. just it's, – it's so – Frank Oz is amazing. Two characters I want to call out, too, before I forget about it, who – convey such emotion without even speaking verbally well a language that we can understand mm-hmm. Chewbacca mm-hmm. and R2 you get so much emotion like when Han is out there in or when Han is being frozen in carbonite even yeah Chewbacca like he's like screaming and yelling you don't know what he's saying but you can empathize with his emotion that he's displaying yeah and the same thing with R2 even though he's an inanimate or he's a he's a droid right he's not a person and all he does is beep and boop. Yeah, when but he still, goes, ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he's shakes shaking and, a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, when he's, he's like, do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. He's, he's in the water. He like pops his little head up. Yep. Like, stop playing around. <laughs> it's so, R2 and Chewbacca are, R2 is one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. from the saga. And Chewbacca is just, he is too. But the fact that you get the emotion from him without them saying a word is amazing. And at the beginning of the, the A New Hope, you would make a guess that Han Solo is the main comedic relief as a character. I think it's R2 and Chewbacca. I think those are your comedic reliefs of of Star Wars. Han is is too big of a character at this point to be a comedic relief. He still has a little here and there. But, I mean, he's a scrappy guy, right? He's mm-hmm. a sassy guy. He's, he's a scruffy-looking nerf. Yeah, he, he's going to be that way just because that's what his character is. But... The, your comedic reliefs are right there. It's R2 and Chewbacca. They're the ones that, like you said, they can come in without saying a single word, pack a lot of emotion, and they just kind of make you smile every time you see them on screen. Mm-hmm. And if anything would ever happen to one of them, it would just be, everybody would just break out. And that's why I'm really glad that both of them are returning in The Force Awakens. Is it good, though? Is it good, or is it... I'm not, I mean, I hope so. I'm... I'm Familiar friends, right? Han and Luke, <clears throat> Carrie, not Carrie, Leia, Harry, <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> Carrie. Okay. That's you know, it. you you have the familiar characters returning, <clears throat> and nothing feels more familiar as a character to me like them, as R two D two. So. And it's that bond between Han and Chewie is priceless. Mm-hmm. If something is going to happen to both, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch. I don't think I'm going to be able to stand it. I can't see either one of them. I mean, more so Chewie, but I just, that's going to be such an emotional scene if mm-hmm. something happens. But We'll save that one for our, our mega cast oh, after God. watching The Force Awakens. So, we got one more spot to get to and one more, well, we kind of already talked about the duel that happens here, but Cloud City. What do you think about Cloud City and Lando, Lando, Lando Calrissian? I, I love what Cloud City. Here? I think Cloud City was Really, a really cool idea, and I know that I think it was uh, from somebody that uh, George Lucas uh, was like he looked up to, or whatever. They had an idea about that in a in, a, in an older book that referenced a city in the clouds. Mm-hmm. But this isn't a. I mean, it's like a mining colony, right? And it's sitting up on like this little pedestal, and 
it's just a really inventive idea. Think about this, 1980. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought about this in 1980? The Jetsons. The Jetsons. <laughs> wow. Yes, that's true. But, <laughs> like, to put it in a live-action film was just beyond anything that anybody... Had. That's why I want to go back, and I want to see this. I want to see... I want them to CGI give us a Bespin te- level on, on uh, Battlefront. Oh, that'd be cool. But, anyway, yeah, Cloud City and Lando... Awesome. Um, Lando's an interesting character. You don't know what to expect from him, really. The first, I mean, you, you kind of get that... I mean, if he's in with Han and he's a gambler and stuff like that, which is all we really know at him when they land, um, you know, you kind of have an expectation, but then he he does the thing where he pretends that he's, you know, pissed at Han, and then he hugs him, and then he... So he's a jokester, mm-hmm. right? And um, he said that he probably... Han was like, yeah, he probably conned the, the rights of the city out of somebody. And, yeah. So, I mean, you know that, but you also learn that the Millennium Falcon was his mm-hmm. before it was Han Solo's, and that Han won it from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was kind of cool to see him at the end of it after Han had been taken, him and Chewie piloting the Millennium Falcon. Um, and we learned to love Lando after that. And right. Is like, he at back? first, he's like a betrayed, a betrayer, yeah. and yeah. And, uh, as far but, as I know, he's not back. But and he's in Rebels, you said too, right? Mm-hmm. But. Going back to Empire Strikes Back, you kind of understand his point, right? He he he's, has he's to run trying a, to be. And they, he has to run a city. The Empire arrived before they did. What, what I mean, what's he going to do by uh, what? What's another play besides what he did? I, I mean, you don't really have one. He, he, you get executed, and then the Empire takes your entire city and all of its residents. And they get Luke and Leia anyway, or yeah, whoever they want. Exactly. So I think he did the best thing that he could have done, even though it wasn't well received by our heroes. I, I didn't really see any other option for him. I mean, he apologized, too. He's like, I'm sorry they showed up right after you did. and Right before. Right before. How would they have shown up before? Because they're the Empire. Because they're faster. But how would they have... I mean, they probably had, Fett is tracking... Well, they probably said, well, they're heading to one of these locations, head to these spots, and if this is where they go, we'll make our move. Yeah, but Darth Vader is there. Yeah, but Vader is there. Vader is there for dinner. Right, so he could have come later how, on. How but does there... Vader eat dinner? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of funny. When they walk into that room, like he he does sit down. Uh-huh. Like, what happened in that room? <laughs> what was discussed? And like, if food was brought out, what did he like force like feed himself? Or he has a straw that comes out of his. <laughs> it's like mmm, mango. <laughs> I don't know, but. Uh... That, I, I like the pace of the movie and how it moved pace from is really planet wild. to planet. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some Dagobah and... We don't go to Tatooine in this movie. No, the we, only movie that doesn't go to Tatooine. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But we start off in, uh, you know, Hoth and then Dagobah and then... Um, I, I like that it's not in space a lot of the time. You know what I mean? I like that it's in these different planets. We kind of get to uh, uh, see the different types of planets in the galaxy mm-hmm. um and i just overall i just thought the pace was really good i thought the story was really good um the person that originally wrote the script lucas didn't like it and she ended up uh, i think she passed away from cancer before he could end up like revising it with her but she didn't have vader being luke's father it was like a like a, another force ghost that came to luke and you know Basically told him you gotta be like the Jedi, you gotta carry on the legacy, and then that's how he rose to the occasion or whatever. 
Think about all these little decisions that could have been different but changed the story completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what would we have done with that? I mean, what what's your... I know you don't remember when you found out that Vader was uh, Luke's father, but, I mean, what would be your opinion if he wasn't? How would the story be completely different if he wasn't? It wouldn't have the same emotional impact. On that lightsaber battle? Absolutely. Well, on the story as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vader versus Luke. Jedi, w- which has a ton of emotion in that battle, because they, Luke, at that point, knows he's his father. Mm-hmm. It would be a completely different dynamic. I, I don't know how much like, it would completely change my thoughts on it but the emotion may not be there I don't think it could have worked as a six movie saga anymore I think Vader would have been like a nemesis and you know he would have been killed off in the end and it would have been more of a, it would a, have been a victory than, yeah. than that kind of a, a somber one but then you go back to the prequel trilogies and, and I don't think you can I don't think you can make the same type of story that you did. Because that story was, a large part of it was Anakin's journey to becoming a Jedi and then mm-hmm. falling to the dark side. I mean, you could have done like a side story, but it wouldn't have been a trilogy though. You know what I mean? It would have been mm-hmm. a, I don't, I'm glad that everything happened the way that it did, but I just can't even fathom how close some of these decisions were to being different. Mm-hmm. And that's why this movie is the most important movie in the Star Wars saga. Well, that could be Alex's opinion. But next week, we'll talk about Return of the Jedi. The Jedi doth return. You know what this means, right? Yes, I do. This means that this movie is the last Star Wars movie that we're going to watch before The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. The Force is no longer sleeping in 14 days. So good, so close. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking about Star Wars Return of the Jedi next week. The sixth episode of the Star Wars saga. The 52nd episode of this podcast, I think, will be The Return of the Jedi. So it will technically be like a year old. On December 20th was when the first episode launched on iTunes, I believe. Uh, so we're going to be right around there when The Force Awakens comes out. So it'll be like a year old episode, too. So like an anniversary as well as The Force Awakens. So, 78 to 2015 is how many years? I, I don't know. Because, wouldn't 40, it be... 2037? 38, maybe? I don't know, 47. Right. I don't know. Wouldn't we it have, have been time for cool, math. Wouldn't it have been cool if the 52nd episode was 52 years prior was when the original <laughs> Star Wars came out? We came close. I think it's 47, so we're only five years off. <laughs> If only we did five less episodes. I think it's 37. 50 doesn't seem right. 40, 47, right? No, you're right. I think it's 37. 37. Darn it. Then we're even... Okay, then we had to do 15 less episodes. You're awake, kid. You're bothering me. <laughs> I can't do math. <laughs> I so, can only count up to seven. <laughs> so next week, we look forward to talking again on Return of the Jedi, as well as some other hijinks that will ensue. You can tweet us at EntertainingPod. You can find Alex on Twitter. Yes, at D-O-U-E-1-H-1. And on Xbox Live as well. You can find me on Twitter. I am at SithNightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. And you can find me on Xbox, Spider Jedi, S-P-I-D-E-R-J-E-D-I. Come play Battlefront. Let's go destroy the rebel scum. 
That'll do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you for listening. The Force will be with you. Always. Always.